Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo. Um, and today we have a full house. We are going to be doing some Nebula short fiction predictions. Wow, say that five times fast. And with me today, the full roster, there is Chris. Hello, Chris. Hey, Carlo. How's it going? It's going fine. We have Kurt. Hello, Kurt. It's me, the ghost of Arthur C. Clarke. Hey. <laughs> Hello. Uh, and returning champ, none other than Matilda Lewis. Maddie, hey how are you doing? I am doing great. Uh, just a, a, a beautiful day in, in my hometown and um, ready to talk about some, some short stories. Excellent. All right, and because this is uh, all, all of these short stories needed a little bit of um, help to get us through. What is everyone drinking? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will come clean. I am two fisting this one today because I have a double of Wheel Horse Rye, which is a hundred proof, and <laughs> none other than. Dewclaw Brewing Company's Spruce Willis. Uh, this is a <laughs> Spruce Tips IP double IPA. So that is 8.2 um, ABV. So if I am rocking and rolling by the end of this episode, everyone will know why. Yes. Yeah, so somebody's going to have to take over your duties by the end of this. <laughs> you said uh, I, duty. I dipped into uh, the... So I, I, have, I also have two on deck. I have uh, Peasant King which is a double IPA. Now I was originally going to drink this uh, tomorrow night for mm. uh, shadow of the torturer. Cause it seemed appropriate. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I do have more of them. So if it's good, I, I will also drink that. And then, and then on the back deck, I have uh, three Floyd's zombie dust. Um, because oh. there were no uh, zombie stories in this. Uh, and so uh, they've turned to dust, which is, which is great actually, cause I'm, I'm tired of them. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, who, I, guess, who else? I guess there's no zombie stories. Not, not really. Not really. Not, not really, really. Not, not really. Uh, I, I have a. It's just called a lemon sour, uh, which is a sour ale with lemons, um, and it has a very uh, astringent, lemony uh, uh, taste and smell. So, as my wife says, <laughs> you, it, it sounds like it smells like you're drinking lemon pledge. So. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, does it have like Mr. Clean on the label? What, what's going on, Chris? <laughs> I, I like it, guys. I don't care. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm just asking. I'm just asking questions, Chris. I'm just asking questions. Sometimes you got to clean them guts out. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Oof. All right, Maddie. Uh, so I have actually I have a two hour dance practice tomorrow morning, so I can't get a, get too crazy. However, I do have a little maker's mark in my chamomile tea, so 
Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. It's like, that's like, that's like hard and soft. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's like, it's chamomile, like, uh, it's chamomile like, to calm you down and, and, and maker's mark to rile you up. Like a right. velvet glove cast in iron. It's my entire personality in one drink. <laughs> it, it really is. All right. So, um, so for those of you who may not be familiar, we're going to be talking about the Nebula uh, ballot for 2022. Uh, the short fiction ballot. Um, and this is going to include, uh, I'm going to just read them out and then we can discuss them, you know, one by one as, as, as we go along. Um, so, uh, the first one that I have here is Mr. Death by Alex E. Harrow, uh, which was, uh, included in apex magazine, uh, proof by induction by Jose Pablo Iriarte, uh, included in uncanny magazine. Uh, Let All the Children Boogie by Sam J. Miller. Uh, This was published by Tor. Uh, Laughter Among the Trees by Susan Palumbo uh, in The Dark Magazine. Uh, Where Oaken Hearts Do Gather, Sarah Pinsker is the author, and that also is an uncanny. And Returning Champ, John Wiswell, For Lack of a Bed, Printed in Diabolical Plots uh, Magazine. All right. So, uh, do we have any, um, do we have any preferences for how we want to, which one we want to start with? I think we should just go in the order. You just listed them off. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. All Um, right. But, but wait, but before we start, can I just say, um, so, so I, I have considerably less familiarity with the nebulas than, than the Hugos. Um, and especially the last few years, I, so I, I was pleased right off the bat to see that there was a bit more variation in the the venues that we're getting stories in like there was only one there was only one repeat in the short fiction which was uncanny had had two mm-hmm. where oaken hearts do gather and uh, proof by induction um and uh i don't know that i've seen the the dark make it into um which is uh laughter among the trees uh, susan palumbo's story i don't know that i've seen the dark make it into a hugo short fiction i'm sure they probably have sometime in, in the past but not while i've been paying close in, attention you mean anyway. the nebulas no no the hugos no i'm i'm saying <laughs> the nebula short fiction seemed like it had more variation in terms of oh, that, gotcha, the, gotcha. the okay, outlets that, that, that we're getting in than, than than the hugos the past few years oh oh my mistake yeah i i get you now okay yeah no you're you're right and i do believe um I want to say that this may be the first time I'm seeing the dark uh, represented in the nebulas. In mm, fact, yeah, uh, I, I might be wrong, but uh, the the dark is hasn't been around that long, and I don't think it's gotten uh, a nebula nod uh, or a nebula ba- ballot nod uh, for as long as I've been following them. Well, good um, for them. Yeah, yes. frankly, I I think the dark is uh, somewhat underappreciated in the SFF world. Well, I, I agree. Think, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree too. I, I think that they uh, very much like, um, to a certain extent, like, uh, beneath ceaseless skies, they generally have a very, uh, like they, they, they really speak to m- my particular tastes. Um, and in this case, I think it's, it's also the fact that because it's horror, it's a horror magazine, uh, in general, I, I feel like horror gets like a short shrift uh, in the nebulas and in the Hugos. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
But I, I do want to say right off the bat, um, to a certain extent, and and granted, you know, caveats abound. You know, there there's certainly some flaws in. I think all the stories have certain flaws to them, but in general, I found these to be much a much better experience reading. Uh, in general, because or in general, I'm saying in general a lot, um, <laughs> but because I felt that the the prose level and the competency level of storytelling was uh, very much, uh, with few exceptions, of you know higher than when we read the Hugos. Um, I I don't want to cast aspersions on the Hugos, but honestly, this this felt a little yeah. bit more. Polished. I do. <laughs> I'll cast dispersions yeah. on the Hugos. Th- these are less, less samey feeling. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was the next thing that was yes, cr- cr- exactly what Chris said is exactly what I was thinking, which is there was for for all that there were like a couple tones that showed up that I I don't like. The, e- there, e- even among the ones that I didn't like, there was a lot of variation of what mm. I didn't like. It was, At least it's a different <laughs> flavor. At least it's a different flavor of the things you don't like as opposed to the same flavor oh, of the comes, thing that you don't like. Here comes that tone again. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Kurt, you, you don't like stringy, wet, and crunchy? Well, guess what? You got all three. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. <so> gum. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm stealing that from, I forget who, uh, said that, uh, that was the, their description for salary. And honestly, no lies detected. Uh, I love celery. I, still, I, love, I love celery. celery. I really do. It's, but it's honestly, nature's best peanut butter spoon. Yeah. <laughs> celery is as good as whatever you have on it. I like celery with veggie dip. True. I like celery with peanut butter, celery with ranch, it's, celery it's on really, its own yeah, is sad. Yeah, it's it's more it's more of a um of a delivery uh service more than anything else. Um other than um you know like using it in soups or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> tonight we are reviewing <laughs> c- c- celery. <laughs> celery, four stars. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Stringy, wet and crunchy. Still like it. Five out of five. Um, <laughs> I, I've anyway. heard celery described as uh, nature's toothbrush for your colon, and I can't get that out of my head. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> Who's using a toothbrush on their colon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway, right, we're, like, we're like three minutes in, and we've already lost the plot completely. <laughs> <laughs> Just introduce celery, and that, that really fucks it up, doesn't it? Okay, so uh, let, let's go in with... Uh, Mr. Death, uh, Alex E. Harrow, um, Apex Magazine. So uh, I, I, I tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll seed the floor. Who wants to go first? You know what? I actually, I liked this one more than I disliked it. Uh, it's probably my second favorite of the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I felt like it had like more than some of the others. It had a more solid, like the plot was actually there. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Actual fantastical elements were totally integrated into the story, where some of the others, I kind of almost felt like they were like afterthoughts mm-hmm. a little bit, or like a little like undercooked compared mm-hmm. to the more like human drama stuff. Um, and I thought the prose was really good. It had a nice conversational tone. There was nothing about it that uh, really pinged me as aggravating. And it, it, it made me tear up a little bit. I'm not too proud to uh, admit that. Uh, <laughs> I, I mostly liked it. I, f- I feel pretty good about this. If this won the Nebula, I, I would be happy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I yeah. I am very much uh, in accord with what with what Maddie said. I I if I have a criticism of this story, it's that I I wished that it hadn't. Uh, I I wish that it had carved a little bit more of like a unique view of the afterlife out. Mm-hmm. Like like when I was reading it, um, mm-hmm. I, it was it was very well executed. I thought it was it was well written. Um, the emotional aspects I thought were v- were very good. Some of the character work of the main character felt a little bit heavy handed at times. Like especially like right at the beginning, um, it it felt like it was it was reaching a little bit too fast to be like you got to understand this guy says fuck. Um, but <laughs> but like a- apart from that, I, I thought it was I-, I thought it was quite good. It was very effective. Um, it 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 did a nice balancing act of like telling you that like like it's pretty obvious what the story is going to be about pretty much from from the beginning mm-hmm. um and you even have a pretty good idea of like where the story is going to go but it still managed to do a very good job of keeping it like interesting and kind of wanting to know exactly what's going to happen like, like i was saying though the, the the only thing that, that i felt like like was a weakness was like the fantastical elements did feel very stock like it it felt very similar to like Something like like Dead Like Me, for instance, where it was just kind of like, okay, imagine that the you know that the Grim Reapers all work in an office together, which which isn't a bad idea. It it there was just kind of like a familiarity um, to yeah, it. Yeah, I think the I I agree with that. That was my one my one little complaint about the story is the like afterlife is bureaucracy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is partly just a personal preference. It's not something I tend to like very much unless it's in like an explicitly comedic story. Then I do kind of like it and I think it can be funny. But I think it was a little clashy with the tone of the rest of this story, which mm-hmm. felt more serious. Yeah. Um, and that could just be my personal like reading experiences. Usually like I've seen Afterlife is Bureaucracy fairly often and it's almost always in at least like a mildly comedic context. So oh this one, this is not a funny story, I, really. So it felt off, a, just I, like a tiny I, bit. I do want to add, um, in in the Hugo episode, I criticized a bunch of stories for their depiction of like childhood and parenting, um, and I thought this one did a really good job yes. of depicting like children and like the emotions of parents. I thought that that it did a very good job with that. I'll that defer to you depiction. since you are a parent, but I kind of felt like that myself though i don't have the experience to back it up but it seemed like it rang a little bit more true yeah like like i was i was like i was preparing to dislike it when it when it introduces um the 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 dying kids family and i was like oh they're gonna be like a white trash stereotype family and then they're not and and i was like oh okay like like the the author actually like put some thought into this and actually has like like a nuanced depiction um yeah i I, I was really happy about that I was I was really pleased with that too because I also kind of was like oh god like it's going to be a trailer park or we get some sort of like judgy thing about how the parents are like shitty bad exactly, parents exactly, or something. Yeah. Yeah. I was fully prepared for that because unfortunately I do see that a lot. But I thought the story I, had a lot of compassion for the parents as like working class people who are barely making ends meet but still love yeah. their kid. I, if I can jump in, I I also really appreciated that um, that there's a an actual conversation. It's not like, you know, super like on uh, it's front and center in the in the plot, but the parents work and that's something yep. that comes up in the in the story itself. Like they basically have shifts as parents. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No, but, I, I, but I appreciate go that. Ahead. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Chris. 
no, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I appreciated that as well. That, 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 you know, that they were depicted as both working and like having to take turns watching, um, the, the sun, um, is, you know, it's frankly, you, I, we've lost a lot of media about that kind of like working class life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if I can say basically my, my capsule uh, review is that much to uh, Maddie's point, as soon as I, I started seeing, cause I, I'll, I'll, I'll be perfectly frank here. I, um, I started reading this uh, a while back and sort of like checked out and then forced myself to finish it for this episode. Um, which makes it sound like like it was a chore, but honestly, once I got past the um, uh, death is bureaucracy uh, conceit, it you know, despite that, uh, it won me over. It charmed me, and uh, I honestly have to give it props for being able to do that. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I honestly, uh, the further on I got into the story, the better it seemed to get. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was like really into this story. Um, I found it very well written. Um, I'm a sucker for stories uh, that uh, like realistically depict like the sorrow of losing a child. Like I'm not like not sucker in the sense that they like really like um, that really, you know, hit, hits uh, hits, um, you know, hits hard rather than like, you know, something I see, seek out for. But uh, I, so I was with it until the very, very end when you, you, I'm sure you all could hear my eyes rolling because I like, so he, he has like, you know, he's, uh, he's a grim reaper and he's like, uh, you know, part of the department of death or whatever it was called. And then, you know, he saves the kid and he, he wants to st- keep saving the kid. So now he's a part of, he's a junior guardian department of life. And it just felt very like Clarence <laughs> yeah. getting his wings. Like it was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, that yeah, part I actually was a liked ending, that. Yeah. It is a, it is kind of a maudlin ending, but I actually really liked it. Although I might be just speaking from like uh, my own. My my best friend just had a baby, so anything about babies being saved <laughs> makes me feel warm and fuzzy right now. Uh, I, I love this baby. I've, I've never met in person more than <laughs> more that's than any they, baby that's, that's ever you. existed. That's how they get you. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, uh, so, uh, uh, Chris, to your to your point, like. Y- yes, I agree, and this isn't my favorite type of story, right? Like, like it's th- this is never going to reach the upper levels of my story appreciation matrix or whatever the hell you want to call it, because it's it's a type of story where it's like the awe story that that I I don't I don't entirely love, and it is it it does kind of feel at the very end like it goes for kind of not 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 a cheap reveal but but it is kind of like like if you described the plot except for the ending i think you'd be able to guess the ending pretty well but it was a very well done version of something that's not my favorite type of story so so i agree with you that like it, it is a little it, it is it is that, that type of story where it's like a saccharine like ah ending but i mm. thought it was a very good example if not like the the like one of the best possible examples of that like it yeah it, it yeah. transcended the limitations of of that format and and it didn't yeah it didn't I, I would, lean I would, on it either sorry i'm done to be cl- go ahead <laughs> no well, i would i would agree with you kurt no no it's it, it go ahead well i was just gonna say to to be clear 
<clears throat> I wasn't I like the I, I wasn't objecting to like him saving the kid or anything like that. It was literally just that last line that I was like, oh boy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, no, I, I, I well, I mean, that I, last honestly, little line I, with the like I, junior department of life or whatever. I think that the the main issue with that is it's, it's afterlife is bureaucracy again. That's really yeah. the only issue I have. Yeah, with it. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a return to sort of a state, a, a status quo that you weren't aware of is the I think is the issue here. But but, you know, um, I, I think that uh, to to Kurt's point, I do think that. To a certain extent, there is a good enough tension throughout um, where, you know, like, honestly, I'm maybe, maybe it's just a flaw in me. Uh, I, maybe it's just like, I'm part of that old timey religion, you know, fire and brimstone type of thing where like, you know, you, you go against the, the, the wishes of the, of the Godhead and you're cast out into the outer darkness with much gnashing of teeth. Um, I, I did, I, I did find that, that right. <laughs> I, you know, dentistry is really expensive in the afterlife. Um, even more so than in, in living life. Uh, anyway, uh, so I do feel like there is something there that I, I didn't particularly enjoy, but getting there and the tension of whether he is going to be like suffer actual like lasting consequences exactly is, yes i think is good enough to let that last like that line and the 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 denouement and the the closure of it really work even though it is sort of maudlin it it, it doesn't feel it unearned. Earned that moment yeah exactly exactly yes yeah, yeah exactly it, right. it, it earned that moment and you know when it earned it it was i was fully prepared for the ending of the story to be him saving the kid's life and and then to end on this like hurrah i'm gonna do it thing no matter the consequences but the the story has him save the kid's life the first time like a third of the way in and Mm -hmm. then it keeps going you're like oh well now what and that's that's when it got me and i was like oh okay this actually has some ideas to it because if it had ended with him just bringing the kid back to life and that was the ending i would have been like this shit sucks i'm done this is like you know it, <laughs> it, it, it would have been like, like like a lazy obvious premise but it actually it it did the obvious thing and then the story kept going you're like oh well like where's it going now so that 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 impressed me from like a structural well point of view. i i think that it, it then it incorporates the the workplace you know like the afterlife as a workplace um aspect there right because when you're at work I mean, unless you've really fucked up, you, you get another chance at least, <laughs> you know, uh, you don't get fired and cast out into the outer darkness immediately <laughs> just because you Chris fucked is up over here, time. though, like like John W. Campbell being like, no, the kid has to die. The kid has to die. <laughs> <laughs> just, Chris is just salivating, waiting for that kid to die, man. <laughs> just toss that kid in outer space. Get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. <laughs> do, do, do we want to talk? Do we have anything else that we want to talk about, uh, Mr. Death? Nope. I've pretty much said my piece. Uh, it had a couple little things that I wasn't super into, but for the most part, I think it's a really solid story. It had, you know, it hits the emotional notes well. And if this won the Nebula, I'd be totally happy with it. Agreed. Okay, Co-signed. Yep. Uh, 
also thirded. All right. Um, so then let's move on to proof by induction. Um, (laughs) (laughs) pretty much. Well, (laughs) that hmm, said everything already. So, uh, you know, I, I, I I didn't think I disliked math, but it actually turns out that I do not. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to seize the steering wheel. Um, yeah. So this was proof by induction by, uh, Jose Pablo Iriati in, uh, uncanny magazine. Um, and I didn't care for it very much. Um, I uh, it felt like a very straightforward concept uh, that I have seen before, which which is like people die, but there's a computer that keeps like a like a version of them around, um, and and uh, the the protagonist is a mathematician. His his deceased father is also a mathematician, and he uses kind of like the image of of his father's uh, consciousness. Um, to to try to solve uh and and an unsolvable proof um and that that actually i think is like like a straightforward but like a decent premise um but the majority of the story is just math math ba- like a babble um and mm-hmm. it's just like can we can we can we solve perlman's equation oh but you know radnagast tried that oh but what about you know percival's theorem can we use uh the 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 dingo conjecture and i'm like i i don't i i don't I think that half of the math in this is real and half is made up, um, but it didn't didn't make any difference to me because there was a ton of it and it didn't contribute anything to me. Maybe if I were a mathematician, I would really like it. But as it was, it just kind of felt like um, it felt like it was belaboring the math concept. And I think it would have been a lot stronger had it talked around the complexity and and focused more on the interpersonal stuff. And it felt like it had a very straightforward point to make, which was like, the protagonist was never able to connect with his father in life. And he also was not able to connect with him in, in death. And then he kind of moves on. Um, and it just felt like it took a long time to, to get to that. And it didn't do itself any favors along the way was, was my, yeah, also I... I, I have to say real, real quick, I have to say way too much dialogue tagging. There was so oh, yeah, much, way every single much, line. Way people, dialogue. Yes. yes. People are blinking and biting their mouth and tugging on their hair and smoothing their pants and sitting on desks and like just 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 say stuff, please. My God, just say stuff. I felt like I was reading a stage play at some points and not like a prose fiction short story. I gotta say the math stuff really very cold. I don't know any I don't know how much of it's real and how much of it's made up, or if there was something like with that that's that theorem or whatever that it's a real thing that would have something thematically to do with the, uh, with the story. Cause I am not a mathematician. Um, I had to reteach myself long division for my tutoring job. So that <laughs> tells you about how good I am at math. Um, so I felt like it. it was a little bit, I, I did do it. Um, I felt like all the math was very arcane for a general reader. And I agree, Kurt, like the interpersonal stuff I think would have been much more interesting. And the idea that like he couldn't connect with his dad in life or his dad couldn't connect with him. And then, you know, it doesn't actually get any better once he he dies. And I don't know. I just felt like the concept of the coda, which is the thing they call it. So you're, you're when a person dies, I guess they're like co- consciousness is kind of uploaded into this system and you can kind of talk to them. And I thought that idea actually had legs. It's not super unique. I've seen stuff like it before. But I felt like there was something a lot more interesting they could have done with that concept. Yes, 
I I agree. Like, well, my my problem with the whole like Coda thing is like this story could have been would have been the exact same thing if it was just like his dad was like just dying and he was like one last ditch yes, effort to like connect yes. with him. Like that would have been the, way better because then you'd be yes. like, is he gonna die? Is he gonna solve it before he dies? There'd be tension. Right. Instead, it's like, well, he's dead. He's just he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and they, like they kind of tried to do the tension of that with like I guess it the way I was interpreting it is since he can't remember like between coda sessions like there was some tension there but I think yeah it would have it would have actually worked better without the sci-fi element if it was just like racing to finish this exactly to f- yeah figure well, this out this before was, the dad dies it, this was it, one it, of it a couple add... stories that I think would have been better as just like a lit fix story not as sci-fi. Yeah. It, well, it, it doesn't add like anything thematically, as far as I could tell. And like, uh, if, if there is something thematically, it's buried in all the fucking math jargon well, that, yes. like, you would have to be a total nerd to understand. I'm sorry, right? And, and then, like, with there being so much math, it, it's like dramatically inert. Like, there's just like, you know, you know, like it's different. Like, it's not like a not that I, like it needs any sort of like action scenes or anything like that. But like, they're like we're reading about two guys solving math on a board. Like who gives shit? Like, it's just like, um, I don't, I don't know. It, I just, it just felt very like, I don't know. Get on, get on with it. Yeah, type of thing. And it like, didn't, it didn't actually convey like the emotions that they were going through solving it. Right. Like the way that, the way that I think this, this would have been better written is if instead of going, but so, so Maddie, I was constantly trying to Google search things that were mentioned in this. The main theorem is real. A few of the big points are, are real. But a lot of the particulars about like, oh, this person has been researching this and this person has been researching this, the, they seem to be the names of real mathematicians, but I couldn't find anything in particular to what was mentioned. So it's it's possible that it's just very arcane, but I suspect that that the the small details are just kind of like like Star Trek babble um, mm-hmm. and like, you know, per- per- Perlman's That's even worse is a real if it's thing. not a yeah, real exactly. thing. Yeah, Um. I think it would have been greatly improved just to to not worry about what they were working on and just describe them, you know, him getting frustrated or upset or, you know, to what, you, to what your point and Chris's point was, like, invest time in the emotions that the, the, that, that the character is going through instead of, um, as a result of having this sci-fi conceit, there was a lot of what, what I heard Carlo uh, once memorably call As You Knows. There's so much stuff about like, <laughs> oh, well, you know, it turns out that this, let me, ex- it's like, you all live in this world where you can speak to the dead on a computer. Presumably, this is a well-known thing. You're not like, oh, it turns out that you can talk to your dead relatives on a computer when they die. You, you, you No one's just going to be surprised and need that explained to them. So it just, yeah, it just a lot added- of the explanation of the coda felt extremely for the audience. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I'm like, like, man, you don't need to understand, like, you don't need to explain this shit. Like, this is pretty obvious. I've, you know, I've read some science fiction before. I've seen a couple sci-fi movies. Yeah. This is not the thing you need to explain. You need to make me realize, like, understand why the hell all this math shit matters. Yeah. If you're going to spend this much time going on about the equations that, like, no one who's not a mathematician has probably ever heard of, then you need to make me understand why that matters. That is more well, arcane than the idea of the coda. Which is very simple. (laughs) So I think, I think everyone's uh, talked about this uh, or touched upon it earlier. Um, I I, honestly, this is Dixie flatline meets groundhog day. And Dixie flatline is so much better. 
Yes, but I mean, the thing, I think that the issue is that the Dixie Flatline doesn't overstay its welcome, right? So then you have this Groundhog Day effect that uh, I think Maddie had mentioned where um, basically it resets to zero, like the, the, the coda or the, the versioning aspect of the dead relative, in this case, uh, the, the character's father, uh, doesn't remember anything from the previous visit, right? So, you know, like, and, and to Chris's point, I think that there's a, there's a hinted at uh, tension where the father is basically not a great father. He wasn't a great father. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. I get it. But also, show me. Like, show me, like, honestly, if you had a bad, your bad parent um sort of like essentially trapped in a hell of technologies <laughs> devising wouldn't you hell. just use that to just like be there like well why didn't you do this what the fuck happened this time yeah you know, yeah yeah that would have been yeah, so much you better know, yeah that would have been a lot and, and for all that like you are meant to understand that the dad was like distant and maybe kind of negligent like there's no specificity there like mm -hmm. he doesn't talk about like that, you know, his dad never went to his, I don't know, like mathletes com competitions yeah. or something. There's no <laughs> way this narrator plays sports. Let's be real. <laughs> imagine, but, imagine, but, imagine but, if, if he'd used the opportunity to kick his dad's ass in virtual <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> that would have been really a interesting, fight right? club scenario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who Just, would you uh, every fight? Time, every time devising new ways to kick his dad's ass. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> I mean, so the, 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 the reason... The other th go the, ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say the reason I say that is that because... Is because the only time I sort of like... Is, okay, so yeah, the math stuff. It, it, it the math stuff felt very much like that uh, that Star Trek Discovery yeah. memed thing. Like, That's the power of math, people. You know, like <laughs> ah, applause, applause, applause. So I mean, and and look, uh, I get it. You know, like uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jose is a. Uh, a math teacher in real life. So I get it. It's, it's close to home for them. Right. Um, but at the same time, that's not what I want out of this story. And the moment he had like that, uh, breakdown where he's like, you know, he's like, uh, he, he questions his dad directly. And he's like, I, I, I don't know what you want from me. I, I'm just, that's just the way I was. um, you know, I was never really blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And I don't know that that's enough for an emotional sort of cathartic moment. Uh, but it's 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 a step in the right direction, I felt. Uh, and that's the moment where I sort of stood up and, and sat up and like, while I was reading this and going, okay, so this is, this would be good. If more of this happened, this would have been good. Um yeah, that was that, that was interesting. I I think that should have happened either much sooner or, or more should have been done with it. Also, thank you for mentioning um, that uh, the author is uses uh, they them pronouns. I apologize if I screwed that up earlier. Um, no, no, it's all good. But uh, but yeah, yeah, and and there there was a the, to me that was a big issue where the the dad doesn't care that he's dead, and and the main character keeps being like, "Don't you care that you're dead? Don't you want to know what's going on?" He's like, "Nah." <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Doesn't matter to me. Which, and it's like, 
Yeah. That's, which that, made, that's which an made, interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, no, that, that, that made me like, honestly, the dad felt much more, um, appealing to me because yeah. like, like, that's like a weird, <laughs> a weird perverse type of thing is like, don't you carry your dead? Nah. Nah. I mean, what, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. But, yeah. but the, yeah. the issue is though, that then it can't go anywhere because it has nothing to react against. Like, it's not like he's, you know, losing his shit in there or anything. It's just kind of like, oh, well, you know, embrace me. You no. Know, that's, okay. That, that, that's something that like, would have been made more interesting if like the dad is like totally nonchalant like yeah yeah whatever but the son is losing losing his shit about how nonchalant yeah. his dad is yeah. like that would be more interesting i feel like i wish this story had more to say about the father-son relationship had more to say about like the idea of mortality or of an afterlife or or something a little bit easier for me to sink my teeth into because uh, otherwise, I really feel like this story is like kind of proving to me my my longstanding bias against math nerds. <laughs> well, also, also, like, like imagine if the main character was like completely like a complete ambitious fuckhead, right? And he's Whoa. just like riding his dad until he he can figure out this proof so he can get the clout, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, yeah, like that's a him. much kicking his ass, yeah. That, that's where I th- well, that's where I thought the story was going was because it was like he was so desperate, like, oh, my dad, I still have like an access to m- talk to my dad. I could finally save my career and stuff like that. Like, I, I thought it was a lot much more mercenary. And then I- it starts getting into like sad boy time. And I'm like, eh, that's, that's <laughs> ooh, less than yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, can, can we talk about the ending? Because to me personally. I found that the ending was just a victory lap. Um, I, yeah, it would have been uh, fine in a, in a piece of flash fiction, I think. Like, like honestly, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would have, I would have been fine with it in a piece of flash fiction, but like for a. Speaking a of work- flash fiction, this is a story that should have been flash fiction instead <laughs> of 6,000 words. Yeah. Um, but, but honestly, like the fact that uh, he manages to recapture his tenure is uh, is then also on top of that, like globally known amongst the math community. Um, I, I, I suppose that, yeah, the scientific community or whatever. And then on top of that, like he's, Oh, he's, he, he can, he can then, you know, go on a, on a speech circuit or whatever. If I'm you not know mistaken. What? It would have been so much better if that was the ending, but also he felt like shit for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. He just or, has extra time with his dad to go over fucking math. Well, or, or he just, he just doesn't get the tenure. He missed the fucking window and that's that. Right. But yeah. he still has like these speech, like these speech, uh, you know, like, uh, engagements and whatnot. So yeah, or, now he's just sort of like on like his a, own, uh, you know, kind of, a, a Pyrrhic victory, which I'm probably saying wrong. Cause I've only no, ever seen you got it spelled it. and not you got spelled. it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Ma- Maddie, as someone who said shillelagh as shillelagh, uh, you were perfectly fine. <laughs> but yeah, I felt like the ending was like kind of too tidy, and I I felt like there was an emotional resolution there that the story did not yeah. earn. Yeah, it reminded me of um one of the endings of uh, Clue, where uh, the, the one character goes, I'm going home to sleep with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Applause. And everyone stood up and applauded, yes. 
Um, I, I, there, there was also a, a much interesting, much more interesting tact that he could have, or uh, that the um, author could have uh, leaned into was like it was clear that like the main guy Polly was like also had a bit of a like weird relationship with his daughter. Like it was whose he name wasn't, is Maddie? Like, fully- I must say. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, wrong spelling. It's D's, not T's. <laughs> uh, minor T's. Uh, and and it, but it seems pretty clear that like Polly is like recreating the relationship he had with his dad. Like and now at the very end, like he kind of like you know I love you. Like he like he kind of like seems to be gesturing toward fixing that. But like I thought that would there should have been more, um, you know, developed like revelation about that. or something. You know, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought something that was kind of interesting that like really didn't get developed, but I would have really liked for it is like. The main character, the way he talks about his daughter makes it sound like his daughter, like, really cares about her grandpa. Mm-hmm. And I wish that they would have kind of, like, dealt with that tension in this story a little bit more of, like, the the, the grandparent and uh, granddaughter having the better relationship than the father and son do. I think that would have actually been something interesting. Yeah. Um, Like, to kind of key into... I don't know. I just felt like the the familial relationships in this were the, the thing that would have been the most interesting to like sink into, and it felt really glossed over. God, could you imagine if the tension then becomes like the daughter complaining that her dad is hogging all all the time with <laughs> her grandpa? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, c- can I just have a, a quick? So uh, th- this is just like a plot explanation that I need. A- at one point. The coda is installed next to his urn, right? Yes. Is that what happens? Yeah, so Why? Like he's, yeah. he's like symbolically going. I mean, so that he can symbolically go to the graveyard because because I, I mean, see. ultimately, the structure of the story is meant to evoke grieving and, and and grief and coming to terms and and I I I think what we're meant to take away from it is that he he isn't really actually focused on. Um, on solving this this like theorem, what he's actually focused on is could have fooled me. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm reverse projecting. Uh, by by trying to think what what I think the story wants to be about is, is Kurt. Kurt, he yeah. he was he was uh he was using uh he was using mathematicians' ashes to do a summon. Um, now that would be cool. Elden Ring style. That would be clever. <laughs> or bl- blasting rails of your own dad to get his his mathematics brain. You know. Just ringing the bell to 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 summon forth a mathematician <laughs> no, I to beat doing the boss. A joke, you're doing an Elden Ring joke. <laughs> yes, which I is mean, even- the two genders, <laughs> cocaine and Elden Ring, the two genders. Yes, you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first, folks. Um, all right. Uh, any last thoughts about proof by proof by induction? Nope. Okay. Eh. You know, listen. As much as I've been like harshing on it, it was it it did not give me the same um, visceral rage reaction that at least one of the other stories did. It was fine. All right, my strongest reaction was nerd. Maybe if you really like math, then it'll be good to you or mean more to you. But (laughs) eh. (laughs) yeah, I mean, I think that the issue uh, becomes that it's 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 fine, but it didn't really do much for me either. So I just, um, maybe this is, this is mean and gatekeepy of me, but I kind of expect when something is nominated for a regular, like a, um, is nominated for like a kind of big deal award. I kind of expect it to, I expect to feel more about it than like, it's just fine. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then let's move on to the next one. Uh, Let All the Children Boogie by Sam J. Miller, uh, published in Tor. So I had kind of a similar problem to this one as I did with the last one, where it felt like the sci-fi element like was kind of tacked on and agreed it didn't really interest me nearly as much as the relationship between the two main characters which i thought was sketched out pretty well and i would have liked more of that and less of the like weird radio from the future stuff yeah and it it spends a lot of time explaining the radio stuff which i i mean i could be wrong maybe people don't know how radio works anymore but it felt like it explained a lot of stuff that didn't need explaining i agree with you maddie my my immediate impression upon reading this story was that it didn't need the sci-fi elements at all it should have just been about you know two two teenagers meeting each other dealing with like identity and sexuality in a time that didn't tolerate you know variations on that from like the dominant you know heteronormative uh you know cis normative uh world i thought that that was that was that was i, I agree that it was well sketched out uh, the and sci-fi stuff like, was very weak, and it was also th- very just said, right? Like, like people yeah. just say, like, "Oh, they're from the future." Oh, okay, yes. Like right at the beginning yeah. of the story. <laughs> and I just kind of, I, I felt like, yeah, this is a story that I felt like almost wanted to be a literary fiction story, and I actually think that the author could do it because I think the prose was pretty good. Like, I very few phrases where yeah. I was where I was like, Ugh, I don't know, this isn't for me. I thought on a sentence level, it was well written. Um, I thought the pacing was relatively good. I really think that in this, this would have been like a really good literary fiction story. And I'm kind of bummed that it's not that and is instead like a kind of almost sci-fi fantasy story, but it doesn't really grapple with the sci-fi elements much. The um, ending feels so tacked on. I have to it say. It does. And it feels like it's, it's like, there, like one paragraph. Like, it feels like the elements that are in there, like the the voice from the future thing, it feels like it's really only there to make you feel warm and fuzzy. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it has any other uh, any other thematic weight or like anything else going on. It's just like, we're going to make you feel better. This voice from the future says that you can make things better. Um, it felt tacked on. It didn't. Mm-hmm. It, these were that part of the story was not necessary. And it frankly wasn't very interesting. I, well, I- Oh, go ahead, Chris. Well, I just thought the, the weirdest part of that I, I thought, like, I, I overall, I really like the story because, like, you know, it, um, especially the musical, the, the references to all the music stuff was like hits me right where I live. So I actually, uh, that was my favorite part too, because I felt like that, that rang very true to me of like teenagers bonding over music that yeah, they like together. Yeah, that was absolutely. very true. I, I love liked radio. that. Yeah. Uh, but the weirdest part for me was like the, you know, the, the messages from the future were all about like with someone like talking about the message itself and not like actually sending the message. It was all like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I, 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 like it was all like stuff like that. Like it was just and it was that. I don't know. I thought that was very weird. Like it was that was not very exciting it was just somebody like talking about the message they're sending and instead of well, actually just sending the message to, to your to your point, Chris, the, the thing that that sort of, and and this is going to sound like a huge bummer. Um, the thing that I thought about as soon as I finished it, which is like, I, I, I agree with all of you. I, I, I generally like uh, Sam Miller's um, stories. I think that he's, he's pretty good at, at constructing a sentence um, in general, you know, like uh, I I've enjoyed, like I, I, I've 
bought his books. Um, but, but this story with its insistence on the supposed, uh, future message, uh, being essentially it gets better <laughs> in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Feels- <laughs> we are when. When motherfucker when <laughs> feels a little like it feels definitely aspirational. I mean, I get it. In a like, sense, in, in that sense, I think this story, other than you can't really do the radio stuff that you could, uh, it almost seems like this story should be set now with kind of the message that it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like, it almost feels re- like the past setting is like a conceit to make it like harder for mm-hmm. Laurie and Fell to keep in touch. Well, I mean, to be to be fair to to Sam, I'm I'm going to guess that he's drawing from his own sort of lived experience there, right? Because if I'm not mistaken, he's probably someone who uh, was born and raised around that same era. So it, it's it's sort of like a a. a a nostalgic thing uh, more so than I, anything else. I but, actually, but I think you're right, Maddie. Go I was ahead, actually Kurt. struck I'm by sorry. that, Carlo, because um, I was confused about the setting of this story, and you were too when we were discussing it, because mm-hmm. it feels... So this this story feels very Spielbergian. Extremely mm-hmm. Spielbergian to me, but like like a more mm, yes. a, a, a more topically aware Spielbergian thing, like I, I don't super I don't know that, that, yeah, 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 like Mega like eight. like a uh, a carbon like a a badly Xerox copy of a Spielberg movie. Oh yeah, my God. but JJ Abrams, but, no, Chris, no, no. no. Okay, but here's what's confusing about it is that um, it feels like it wants to be set in like the late seventies, but it's actually set mm-hmm. in the late eighties or early nineties because it mentions the Berlin Wall coming down and it mentions um uh, a Pixies song that came out in like eighty eight or like eighty nine. Yeah. But it feels like I, I it think, wants to be earlier, and I was a little, I was, I was confused by that detail. Yeah. If it was just like something specific to like the nostalgia that he was tapping into from his own life, but I, I, I was, feel, I was puzzled by that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I feel like maybe this was like a, a type of story that Sam wrote uh, in the aftermath of feeling, uh, for you know, a feeling about his feelings about David Bowie dying, right? Oh, maybe, um, yeah, maybe. I was, I was fucked up um, with that too, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't really speak to that because I, 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 I think I, I'd mentioned this before offline to you, you fine fellows. You're making a big uh, admission and, here, and, Carlo. You're making a big admission. I know, I know. This is a big <laughs> admission, folks. But, uh, but, but I, I was never really a huge Bowie fan. I'm not either. Uh, it's okay. I mean, you're in, you're you're in a in safe company with me, Carlo. <laughs> to be yeah, it, it, to be fair, like I I I came in to Bowie like when he was doing like like China Girl and that album, and uh, I you know it's sort of weird because then I remember people telling me, oh, that's not the good, that's not his good album. Yeah, it's like okay, whatever. I guess I'm not really a Bowie person then, <laughs> uh, which you know it, it's it's. It's weird because that's how sort of a weird gatekeepy type of thing happens, right? Because then it it just sort of like, oh, okay, I guess. Then you know, like I I've piecemeal picked up other Bowie stuff, you know, but but it's never been like a big part of my identity. But like I also understand that Bowie with his sort of uh personas and gender fluidity and 
and sort of like the way he was a weirdo, basically, um, would probably really appeal to a, a young queer person um, in a way that that would never like I, I would pro- it would probably just wash over me. So, you know, like on that end of things, I, I can't really speak to that particular emotional uh, resonance in the story. Uh, but, but, you know, like I can, I can sort of point out that like, yeah, it's, it's sort of weird that they're like, like you said, Kurt, like I, I hadn't really thought about it until you mentioned it, that, that, yeah, like this is actually set in 91 or or whatever. Right. Uh, instead of like the late seventies where I thought it was because they're looking towards like Iggy pop. And they're looking towards David Bowie, yeah, I, and, and I think so on it's and supposed so to be like they're listening to like a small, maybe like independent, like not not it, it wouldn't be oldies yet, but it would be like stuff mm. that was old enough to not be popular anymore. And and I I I did think that all that was rendered well to to Maddie's point about this feeling like like it could be a good like lit fix story. I think a story about you know like young queer teenagers finding themselves and meeting each other through you know, the magic of radio um, in, I think it's in like rural New York or like upstate New York. I think it was. I think it's um, probably yeah. Hudson Valley. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's, that's a really good uh, premise. And, and, and that's actually, a great it, premise for a yeah. story. And that's what I wish this would have been. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do want to make a recommendation though, which, so, so I, I am a big radio sucker. I have to say, I, I'm fully on board with like the magic of radio. It has an, an inherently magical quality to it to me. So, um, what this reminded me of as a lesser version, uh, as a significantly uh, lesser version, was there's a 2000 film uh, with Dennis Quaid and uh, Jim Caviezel called Frequency. Yeah. Frequency, yeah, which yeah. is about which is about um, it, it's about like a middle aged guy who finds a ham ra- who, who lost his dad when he was like six. And he finds like a ham radio um, where he can talk to his dad when he was still alive in the past and he, and they wind up, you know, elaborating upon this and he forms a relationship with his dad that he never had. And they wind up like, you know, like, like changing things in the past and future. And it goes really interesting places. And I felt like it tapped into some of what this story was kind of reaching for, but didn't, didn't quite grasp at. So it reminded me of that. And I was like, Oh, I wish this, this were more like that because there's some, there, there is something there. There is, there is, there are a bunch of things that work in this story. The relationship between the main characters work. The, the mm-hmm. kind of the the sense of like meeting through a shared interest or through radio works, but the the sci fi stuff just didn't just didn't didn't do anything for me in this story. I I also thought about frequency uh, in relation to the the math story. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it it's it's a weird like honestly I I feel like it's it's such a weird. Um, it, it, Chris, you 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 hit you hit the nail on the head, man. It's it's such a weird conceit to have two stories that sort of fit that same mold mm-hmm. uh, thematically, and yet there's no real. Uh, I don't know. I, like at the end of it, I, I didn't feel like there were real like consequences yeah i wanted them to reconcile in the in the past or for it to change their relationship in the past or or something but but instead it's just like instead the the voice from the future just talks to you and is like don't worry it's gonna turn out good it's like well yeah but i wanted to see it turn out good 
Yeah. I also found it somewhat weirdly horrifying to me that somehow this is the relationship that you're, you're going to be like, uh, directly bonded to for the rest of your life in the future. I don't know. And yeah, that, that, that was added in like the last three sentences. And I was like, wait, what? Tell me more. Wait, what? Tell me more about this, like this, like high. Oh, like the weird kind of like transhumanism sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That, that should have been threaded through. I mean, mean, that would have been a strong sci-fi element, I think. And that would have been interesting to actually, do something with except at like the very last minute i i think that that i would either if i were writing this story and was going to keep the sci-fi element that's something i would have probably threaded through wanted to thread through mm-hmm. if not from the beginning at least at like from by like the halfway point um but, but instead of right at the end i mean my my thing is okay that's cool and everything but what happens when you don't really care for each other that much and you've become one being. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, well, you know what I thought it was going to be? I thought it was going to be um Lori in the future trying to fix a fuck up that she made. That that mm. she that she had messed up their relationship in the past and she was trying yeah. to fix it and like got into the ethics. Oh, that of would that be good. Like, right? Yeah. Like that that's where I thought it was going. <clears throat> um and I was a little disappointed that it didn't do that. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, this story just it frustrated me because I could see so much like I could see so many ways it could have been really great, especially given that the author is actually a good like I think that the prose is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 well written like, and the characters are like well drawn, yeah. So I think I, I would actually want to read other work by this author. This is the first I've ever read. Um just because the the raw like ability is there. I just don't think this story didn't quite do it for me, but I I fully believe another one might. Can, yeah. can I add one more yeah. um uh uh complicating factor, which is when when I when I scrolled down to the comments on this, a lot of the comments <laughs> said something to the effect of, "This has been a shitty year. I needed to read something like this right now," which in my experience is at least for me is not a good indicator uh, that I'm going to like the story. Um, I do. I do understand that people want like a nice story after a difficult year. I don't. I want a fucked up weird story after a difficult year. Um, uh, I mean, same. Kurt. Kurt. I have. To, I have to agree that I scroll down to the comments and winced inwardly. Yeah. Because honestly, the 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 story did not really deserve those comments. And I, I felt I, Mr. I, Death was a much more comforting story. Yeah. Like that was yeah. a good comforting story. I thought mm-hmm. it was charming. All right, so um, let let's let's uh, let's perhaps move on to the next one, right? Oh, Laughter boy. among the trees. Susan Palumbo. So uh, I'm just going to go dark. out. Go ahead. Uh, this is the best one, and it should win. It will not, most likely, I don't think, but it should. <laughs> um, I knew from the first paragraph when it used the phrase "desiccated wound" that I was going <laughs> to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think this story is great. I think Palumbo's prose is top notch. It's some of the best I've seen in sci-fi fantasy magazines. I think the concept of the story is great. The characters are really well drawn out. They're they're um, you know they're flawed and they're human. And for a story that's not really all that long, I think she does a really really good mm-hmm. job of capturing those characters. 
Uh, no notes on this one, really. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, like uh, they're, could, they're weird, I... they're horny, they're upsetting. Anyway, so, sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say that. Um, also, can I say, Maddie, that this is one of the few stories it actually earns without ever really saying it in the story or trying to hammer it home that this is actually a story about generational trauma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to spoil the twist on this story, but it is totally about that mm-hmm. and how the sins of the, in this case, the mother uh, can be visited upon the daughter. So I, I like, I, I, I agree with you, Maddie. I honestly, I, I think I had held off reading this one for a while. And when I finally dug into it, honestly, I was like, just, okay, yes, this is, this is great. This is honestly, I don't even know what jumbies are exactly. It seems to be an umbrella term (laughs) for a lot of different types of uh, uh, supernatural monsters, but I will totally say that this was a great fucking read. Yeah, this was phenomenal. Like, if you only read one of the Nebula Award-nominated short stories for this year, absolutely it's this one. Um, It, like, honestly, I'm having a hard time coming up with things to say about it because I just think it's so good. Like, I really don't have any any criticisms of it at all. I, I, Um, I agree. Oh, I'm sorry. I I will say the one thing I really liked about this one is um, like um, Mr. Death, the supernatural element was really, really well integrated. It didn't feel like you could take that out and make this story work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt it did a really. So something I really like in speculative fiction in general, be it sci-fi fantasy or horror is I really like when the fantastical elements are more there to kind of amplify the human drama, but you also can't really take them out of the story and have the story still work. And uh, I think this one does that really, really nicely. And it's a difficult thing to do. And to be perfectly honest, I don't see many sci-fi fantasy writers able to do it. I see it much more um, successfully done in horror more often. And this, I would say this is more of a horror story um, and uh, horror stay winning because it's the most horror story that's on the short fiction um, mm. short list, and it's by far the best of them. Yeah, Chris, uh, you were going to say something. Well, I was just going to say I, I agree with everyone that this is probably this is the best of of the lot, um, and it just has what I appreciated about it, it was it's uh, it's sweep. I, I, I was expecting like the whole story to take place at the campsite, but I, but then like to follow um, her, the main character along as she like grows up and stuff like that. And then like, you know, t- takes on, well, I, I don't know how much we're revealing, but like uh, I, I, I thought I, I just really liked. Yeah. I, I thought that was like, you know, compared to these other stories, which felt much more, um, you know, smaller, this, this one is a, you know, it's a short story, but it has almost like a grander view of it. Um, and yeah, I agree. And especially it's impressive for how well done that the care, like the, the character drama is for the fact that it's not all that long of a story, but it also covers like some years of the main character's life. 
Yes, exactly. Um, I almost don't want to talk about the plot too much because I really think it's something you should read kind of not really knowing yeah. what the plot is. Yeah. What, what I, I, I also about it, loved the idea that Okay, go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll continue that. <laughs> so uh, I, I really loved how messy the the relationship yes. between the two sisters is as well, mm-hmm. because it, it it it's it's messy not necessarily because they uh, because of, of of their personal things, but because one sister is still considered uh, in the process of assimilating, and the other was considered full-blown mm-hmm. assimilated and that becomes a tension and uh it, it's so well done I, I i really have to like take my hat off it's it's really good i i was Go really ahead, impressed Chris. with when it when it kind of like leaned into that almost like the like a single white female type plot line where mm-hmm. it, it mentions that the main character is like is like dating women that look like her sister and I was like, that's a little bit gross. Like, that's a little like that's that's uncomfortable and weird. And it makes you feel something. And you're not it, it's it, there's a lot of there's a lot of good ambiguity used to excellent effect in this story, too, where like there's there's moments that you're like you're there's moments that are are never explained where the main character seems to lie to someone about something. And you're not sure if if she's lying or what she told them or or how true she's being to herself or, or to the audience. And I don't know. It just. Um, it's a, a lot of these stories have a real discomfort with ambiguity where like they'll mention something and then they'll really rush to get in front of themselves. Like, wait, 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 let me explain to you, the reader, what this means and, and explain all these things to you. And, and here's, you know, here's what a jumbie is. And here's the rules of a jump. And this, this doesn't establish the rules. It doesn't tell you anything concrete. It just lets it play out. And that, that uncertainty really gets under your skin as a reader. And it also, it allows the story to go in in very jarring directions briefly where like there, there's a moment where it mentions like the narrator doing like really grievous like self-harm to herself and it's never explained mm-hmm. and it's never like really it's never justified it's just like this is just, like the the narrator is kind of fucked up like mm-hmm. she's clearly really grappling with something dark and uncomfortable and awkward and kind of gross and it's never like it makes no excuses for itself it just allows that to play out to the reader and yeah it's it's really strong it's uncomfortable. It's really, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's good. It's really good. I really, really yeah, like, like this story. Like the, the, I, I think that the issue here is, and, and I, uh, th- just to, to, to perhaps uh, a- expand upon what you just said, Kurt, I feel like there is uh, room for interpretation because the, the, there are a couple of sections where um, the 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 main character is is asked, you know, are you taking your meds or I haven't taken my meds for a while, blah blah. But at the same time, like there's this supernatural element as well, um, and and both of them sort of amplify each other. It's not it's it's not trying to mm-hmm. uh, assuage your discomfort by saying no no see she she just didn't take her meds no there's something else happening that's actually something i also really liked about this story because a a personal bugbear i have with horror as a genre and thankfully i do think it's getting better is an over-reliance on uh the whole like well they were just crazy they were just off their meds reveal but there's a lot of things in this where it makes 
like little things. And the end in particular makes it clear that no, the supernatural stuff that was actually happening. It it wasn't just, mm-hmm. you know, the narrator was crazy or she was hallucinating and hadn't taken her meds or anything. So I really liked that. I thought that was more nuanced and more interesting than how I usually, not usually, but like mm-hmm. often or frequently enough for it to be annoying. See mental health struggles portrayed in horror. Uh, so I, I really appreciated that. I thought that was handled very deftly. And and I I also like that like a central a central point of the the story is that the narrator doesn't like her sister, and her sister seems like a fucking asshole. Frankly, <laughs> yes, um, yeah, and, and her and sister awful. seems like a huge asshole for like a ten year old. <laughs> yeah, and, and there are, there are ten year olds who are huge assholes more than you might well, think. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I I really enjoyed the fact that. Like part of the the animus that they have is the fact that like the sister, the younger sister, figures out exactly what you know where where the pressure point is yeah. to poke, right? And that is such a a like I I can I can totally understand that reaction, uh, but at the same time, like the mm-hmm. the the guilt uh, of the main character is then almost expressed by her assuming the identity of her sister. It, yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, honestly, like I, I, I could go on for a bit uh, talking about this story, but we should probably move on to the next Let me just one. Say, can I say one more thing, which is go the, ahead. the perfect example of the ambiguity that I loved in this story is um, there's a scene where the, main, the, the narrator sees something happen to her sister, something supernatural. And the next day, people are asking her about it, and they're like, did you see blah, blah, blah? Did you see what happened? Did you see where she went? And she says, nope. Or it, 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 she, she says, I answered no to all their questions. And it's not clear if she's lying because she's afraid, if, if she's lying at all, if she's ashamed, if she's doing it on purpose. And, it, and the story never explains that to you. So it just leaves it to you to be like, well, what, what did that mean? And it's again, mm-hmm. it's the, it's the only one of these stories in my mind that is confident enough to leave and like leave that ambiguity and have that ambiguity work on the reader instead of being like, oop, ambiguity, I need to fix that. So it, it was mm-hmm. just very, it was just a very deftly done story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So um, unless there's anything else, we should probably move on to the next one, which is where Oaken Hearts Do Gather by Sarah Pinsker in Uncanny. I'm going to say straight up, this should have been my thing based on the subject material, but the format was insufferable. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Maddie, um, I think my summation of the story is that this is the version of Blair Witch Project that we would get if we were watching, if we were suddenly logged into a forum 10 years after the fact, rather than following the film crew around. <laughs> that yeah. seems pretty on the nose, correct? Yeah, the, the, the issue is that, yeah, I, I, I agree with, with both of you. Um, the, the issue is that the, underlo- the, the meta-narrative of the story, so the story is told essentially through, through like, not quite a wiki talk page, it's kind of like like editorial comments on like a song meetings or, or, or like a rap genius type type page. 
it's kind of mm-hmm. like a wiki talk uh page where there's like comments and responses the the issue is that the meta narrative that that the comments are about is interesting but the 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 commenters in the comments is difficult to read and the characters within the comments aren't interesting um and so it it <laughs> yeah, kind of feels it's... like the story puts a barrier between you and an, and an interesting story and it, it it's a clever it's a clever format not not deployed well in this case i i felt yeah i think the 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 problem I had was it was almost too accurate to how like forum posts on like a song meanings or something yes. like that. Yeah, those people are so go. annoying. It's, oh my god, it's too accurate, and it's it makes it kind of frustrating to read. Uh, and I was kind of bummed by that because like the idea of the kind of like cursed folk song is like I'm like that's awesome. That's a that is a concept that totally has legs to me. It should be like exactly what I'd want to read about. But the format just really was off-putting to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I I agree. I think I, I I ended up getting lost in like the the sort of like the side flames and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah, too it's, it's, it's too accurate. Nobody likes it's reading. Nobody likes those people. They're annoying. <laughs> Thank you for updating <laughs> well, Wikipedia, but you're very annoying. I don't want to read you. <laughs> That's why I don't go to the Wiki also, talk pages. So, so one of the formatting things that really bugged me is the fact that you get this song. It's like maybe what is it? Like maybe it's, it's less than ten verses of a song, mm-hmm. um, and you get it sort of like doled out and then comments on each verse and it's like i don't know maybe i should have just i i'm i'm really torn on this one because i i feel like maybe i should have just gotten the whole song from the get-go yes yeah I, and I, I, then yeah. the commentary i yeah i i definitely agree with it because i i found that was myself the one thing that didn't feel true <clears throat> yes because uh, well, if I, you were like if you're really that going to be that dedicated to the like forum post thing, like nowhere are they going to have it where like the actual lyrics aren't in full at the top. Mm, right. Yeah, I just got I got completely lost like in the story of the song because there's like the the story of the song and then there's the story <clears throat> in the comments and but like the story of the song I thought was like completely, um, you know, lost because it was broken up like this and also like to, to your point Kurt earlier about like. You know, not not only is the story itself like telling us what everything is, like we actually have people in the story telling us what's going on with the story. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, this this is like the stone bridge, like you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I kept. I also felt oh, like, ahead, like it was a little bit. Oh, sorry. I, I was say I, I I also felt like it it gives away the ending at the very beginning, where it's like. We haven't heard from this from this commenter in two years. Ever since you mentioned your documentary, and if that felt too heavy handed, I would just delete that. Yeah, that would be like if the first Ted the Caver page was, you know, about how Ted the Caver <laughs> yeah, hasn't like, been seen. Exactly. And, like yes, the whole exactly. the whole reason Ted the Caver works is because you're going through the pages, going through the pages, and then at the very end, you find out that he says exactly. he's going to update it, and he hasn't. And yes. yeah, that like, getting uh, it it tipped his hand too early. Henry Martin is the supposed documentarian that has done all this research and blah, blah, blah. But then, um, so it, it, it's weird because then it, um, I believe, I forget which, which of the 
users it is that uh, is basically trying to backtrack and and follow Henry Martin, the documentarian's uh, work. Who Henry Martin has disappeared, has not updated anything for you know several years, and they're following in his footsteps um, to try to find out you know like oh well you know all these mysteries regarding the details of blah blah, blah which you know like honestly I. I <laughs> I gotta admit, man, a lot of these mysteries were like, dude, it's a fucking song, dude. It's like metaphor <laughs> so, and poetic license. Come on, Henry, man. Yeah. Henry Martin is. You the know what this reminded Pro- me Professor of? Professor Rydell is is the person, the, the first person oh, who disappeared go. is Professor Rydell. Henry right. Martin is, you're is right, the commenter you're right. who's like, what happened to Professor Rydell? Sorry, go ahead, man. This there reminds me of a like House of Leaves, but like not good. <laughs> oh no! Blo- blog of leaves. Uh, <laughs> blog of leaves. Of like leaves. yeah, song meetings, <laughs> posts of leaves. Like it's, it just feels like all of the the metatextual elements don't actually work in favor of the story. They actually yeah. make it alienating, but not in a way that's interesting particularly. And it's harder to read. It's harder to follow. And it just like buries what could be a pretty interesting premise. Under all of this metatextual stuff, it's just like, it's not very engaging. Like, if I wanted to read forums, said where I go log onto my Something Awful account. Like, at least they're <laughs> funny there. Yeah, it, <laughs> you, you know what it reminded me of? Um, there was this sh- piece of short fiction that we talked about um, offline some while ago that was co- that was called like an... E- it was called like a, like a a bibliography of the Cannibal Island on, story. Yes, that one. Yes, yes. The yes. Ragnarok Island. Yeah, it's home, just yes. like that. Yeah. It, 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 so so that that story. It's so listener, dedicated to the format. Exactly. That the story gets lost. Yeah. So, dear listener, this is a story that is assembled from like clippings of other pieces about a a like an indigenous culture that has some kind of like cannibal ritual. Um. But but the the end result is you wind up reading a bunch of like very accurately written boring academic texts about something interesting. And you're like, no no, just give me the blood and guts. I don't want to read the boring stuff. Just give me the stuff. Give me the good shit, man. Um, it, and yeah, it's like it, you're reading the the the, the uh, treatise that came out of like the, the expedition and cannibal holocaust. Exactly, and it, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's it, it's, 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 it's like it's, it's like instead of Cannibal Holocaust, you only got like the DVD extras that would be on the Cannibal Holocaust documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this is this was my uh, PhD defense dissertation read all about it <laughs> and honestly that is boring as hell i have never done a phd perhaps it's thrilling while you're doing it but if you've never done it as eh. the majority of people have not i would probably say yeah it's not i don't know that it's that interesting it's 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 like someone telling you about their D character yes yeah yeah, yeah. oh oh I do want to give this story credit for one thing, which is commitment to the bit, because um, the author, Sarah Pinsker, um, in addition to writing out the lyrics of the song, recorded a version of the song, which is hyperlinked Mm -hmm. in the article. um, Oh, is that her? Yeah, I I did think that was... I I want to give props for that, even though I, I didn't think it worked super well within the story. I did think that that was clever and added like a neat, like metatextual verisimilitude to the framing mm-hmm. device. And I did think mm-hmm. that that was a neat bit. 
Um, you know, I didn't actually listen to the song. Is the song good? It's okay. It, um, I thought it was well written. Like I think the, the vocal treatment kind of like made it hard to like like. I yeah, think. Like, it, was it was a little bit too spooky. I felt like yes for one of those ballads. Um, yeah. it mentions uh, it mentions Barbara Allen um early on in the piece, which is what which is one of my favorite uh folk ballads. Um, and uh, there's gosh, uh, I forget I forget the recording that I really like. Um, there's a woman who recorded a version of it in like. 1940 who only plays the banjo and it's very haunting and weird and off-putting um and and i got what the story was going for um and i did think that that the lyrics will were well written to chris's point yeah the the vocals make it kind of hard to follow um but I, I i i did think that was a neat way of like making the story feel more real um and mm-hmm. i, I respect say, that yeah 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 like like it's that's a lot of effort and also um I did think it was kind of cute that like if you go to the YouTube page for it, there's people leaving comments in, on the YouTube account as if it is a real song. And I don't know <laughs> if that's because the author asked them to or their alts or if it's just people who are just kind of like like having a lark. Having fun I, with it. Yeah, yeah, I do kind of like that. Like, like, I think that's neat. That's, that's um, fun. I do like that. It's almost like I ARG do. type thing. Exactly. I do yeah, exactly. also... And like, like to your point, Kurt, I do want to say that it is, um, honestly, it, it sort of has like a list of different, like, listen to, you know, Kingston Trio, Joan, ba- Joan Baez, and so on and so forth. And then it's sort of like, uh, y- you, it is hyperlinked there, but all the other links, like the only, all the other uh, entries are, are dead links or whatever. But um, you know, Moby K. Dick is the <laughs> listen yeah. to Moby K. Dick uh, where oaken hearts do gather is the one that's the the true uh, link that will take you to that YouTube page. Um, I mean, it, the, the the most realistic thing I, I found in this story the fact that uh, the Decemberist would have done a cover of a haunted uh, folk ballad. <laughs> That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that too. I was like, you know, if there was a group that was going to do it, it would probably be the Decemberists. So <laughs> that was well chosen, that detail. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, th- there's a lot to this that, that I think is very well researched. Like the, the quality of like a child ballad, I, I thought was, it was it, it, like the, the weirdness, uh, probably the most effective part of the story is the weirdness of the lyrics, um, mm-hmm. and it was lessened somewhat by having those fucking annoying commenters making dumb comments about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like I, I would have. Here's how I think this story would be better presented: is what Chris suggested at the beginning, which is just have the lyrics and have hyperlinks to the comments. Um, now, g- granted, maybe that's how it was originally formatted. I, I think that 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 would be. A much more experiential uh, experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's almost like an interactive fiction type of conceit. Yeah, thing. yeah. I think yeah. it should if, have if been an were... interactive fiction. Like, if this had been put up, like on songmeanings.com or something. Yeah, that would yes. be done like entirely, yes. like as a full-on bit, yes. and not written like a regular story, but not quite a regular story. I don't know. I just. I was frustrated by this one because I really, really wanted to like it because the like I love folk music. I love the idea of cursed songs or haunted songs like everything about it is something that I should have liked. But the format just it it 
it went too far and yet not far enough into the mm-hmm. kind of verisimilitude. Well, um, well, I mean, I think that the, to, to your point, Maddie, I like, I'm a sucker for haunted media. Yeah. Like give me fuck like a, a weird cursed book or a videotape or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I love that like, shit. I, I'll eat that shit up. Uh, even though you know, like, obviously it's, it's, you know, this is sort of like a, a, a weird, um, you know, sort of like a reactionary thing, right? Like, you know, parental advisory, watch out. Mm. These things might destroy your brains. Like, yeah, let me fucking listen to that. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, like, honestly, those types of stories are just, that's like catnip to me. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, give me that. A- like there's a good even like real world precedent for the idea of like the the song that just like makes bad things happen like the gloomy sunday and all that i was thinking of um there's there's a good uh, there's just a lot that you could do with this and i think it should either have committed harder to the bit and been like seriously on like a song lyrics website or should have not been as much about the bit, maybe have been about the professor who was doing the research as he was doing the research in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a more right. conventional narrative. I think that would have been a really good story. I, I'm, you know, on a, on a writing level, I think it's good still. Like, I think Sarah Pinksker is a talented writer. Um, but yeah, I just felt the format was what really, really tanked this one for me. And I'm really disappointed because I really wanted to like it. The, yeah, there's there's, there's yeah. also an element of this that um, I have. A, I have the same criticism of this to some extent that I did of uh, Two Truths and a Lie, um, which was uh, her uh, Hugo nominated. Um, is it a novelette or a novella? I think it was a novella. Oh, OK. So novelette. Yeah. Novelette. novelette. Yeah. Um, which is that it uses a, a horror structure, but kind of pulls back from the horror. Um, like it's 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 a horror framing, but no actual horror occurs within the story to its detriment. I think like um, we we've already mentioned like Blair Witch, and th- there is an extent to this which this is like Blair Witch without the payoff, and it it kind of feels mm. like horror without the horror. And I think that if you had uh, if you leaned harder into that. It would be another way of making this work um, better, yeah. but instead, it's just it just it kind of feels like the beginning of of a horror story that just goes on forever and then and then ends without ever really getting into the story itself. Um, I also want to know: Does the guy fuck the tree? I just want to know. Maybe, probably. Apparently, the tree luck. fucked him. Yeah. Uh, but but but, Kurt, to your point, like I I, I keep on thinking about uh, I believe. Um, uh, mutual friend <laughs> uh, uh, Gretchen Felker Martin talking about the difference between horror and spooky. Ah, uh, right? yes, yeah. And this is this is very much a spooky story rather than an outright horror story. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And, and like this I, is what I wouldn't feel bad telling this to like a, around a campfire to a bunch of like twelve year olds. Um, I wouldn't feel bad about that. And at the end, it's like, and, and he never updated the blog post again. <laughs> and there on the axe was carved four oh four error. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I think we should probably move on to the next, uh, the the last of our uh, of our batch here. I'm gonna let uh, you gents start that one. I'm muting myself and going downstairs for another shot. Go for it. <laughs> yes, Chris. What did you think? Preparatory shots, Chris. Chris what did you uh, think? For lack of Chris. a bed by John Wiswell. All right, so, go ahead. 
Yes. So I like this a lot better than the other John Wiswell story we read uh, for the the Hugo um, short fiction nomination uh, nominees. Um, because that one was like very like ooh, ooh small bean haunted house story, <laughs> I, and uh, th- this one I, like is has much more of a conceit. I, I really liked the idea of like you know there's like um they're living in kind of like a a, a world where they're like you know the the mythical creatures are exist, uh and you know so also you know I mean like. To, to go there to 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 do some id poll for a second um i you know i do live with chronic pain and uh it, it was interesting to read a book about it and yeah i would totally sleep on that couch i yeah right. so i i did think that 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 was the strong point of it um was it the that experience is not one that i have a great deal of um familiarity with you know i i i do have like you know, suffer like chronic migraines. And, and so I certainly have had days and days where I've been all fucked up. Um, and I appreciated that aspect. And I wish the story had done more with that because everything mm-hmm. else about the story didn't, didn't work for me. And it felt like it left so much on the table. Um, and it felt like, like the setting to, to your point, Chris, I felt, I felt like the setting was very ill-considered. It felt just kind of like, like a generic, like, like um, I, I think Maddie even said before re- recording that it felt kind of just like urban fantasy. Where it's like, yeah, oh, like yeah. there's like succubi, and what is that? Well, it's just what you know a succubi to be, and but it, it also kind of explains yeah. what it is. And I, I don't know, it, it, it felt like it simultaneously didn't have anything. Well, it had to, to say. explain what they were because otherwise you'd think they were horny, and they're not horny. Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but there, there's like there's an there's an element to this that that works. So the basic idea is, it's it's a bed. It's a bed that fucks you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, that would be it's, really it's, interesting. Well, it's it's the like um, you know, it's the modern so version of that, that you die. De- deathbed, the bed that eats people. This is yeah, uh, suc- <laughs> succubus couch, the couch that eats people. And and that that there is something, there is an interesting story to be told here, right? Like yeah, you know idea- who did it better? You know who did it better? Who? Horacio Quiroga. With the fellow pillow, yeah, yeah, there you go, yeah, 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 yeah. There's, 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 there's powerful stuff here, and it feels like it doesn't. It not, not only did it not engage with it, it, it felt like it didn't know that it when it, when it had stuff. For instance, there, there's a point where you find out that the the bed, the, sorry, the couch used to be like a living, intelligent like person that has degenerated kind of into a couch. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and they're like, we need to kill the couch. And they murder the couch person, but the main character keeps a cushion from the couch that she uses as a pillow. And I'm like, that's kind of fucked up, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. we killed you, mm-hmm. but I kept part of your body because I want to sleep with it. That's a very morbid concept, but the either the story doesn't isn't interested in that or just has no I don't know, just has nothing to say about Realization it. Realization like, that it's there. Yeah, it's, there, it's like- Okay. Well, I mean, the the way I'm going to be mean here way- for a minute. I I have had a second shot. I'm going to be mean here for a minute. I get the impression, I've read a couple of Wiswell stories, I get the impression that he sometimes doesn't realize when his characters come off like assholes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I agree, yeah. Because the narrator does not treat them like, like the dad in House on uh, Open House on Haunted Hill is kind of a dick, but the narrative doesn't like treat him like a dick. Right. Um, and then the one that like broke my brain in this particular story and like, I promise I'm not like one of those people who like looks for plot holes or like tries to nitpick at stories. But the thing that really bothered me. So 
Um, we know that the narrator is and her roommate, they're not they're not really well off financially. They're in dire straits. She doesn't have a bed. Her roommate does have a bed. You get the impression from the way the story is framed and the, you know, just the texting and stuff between them that they've been friends for a while and maybe roommates for a while too. Why the fuck does this story not acknowledge why her roommate hasn't allowed her or hasn't you know, like offered to let her sleep in his bed before? Because yeah. like if it were me and I knew my roommate had like chronic pain and being able to sleep on an actual bed instead of on the floor would make it better, I would at least let her sleep there like sometimes, like <laughs> most of the time. Like right, yeah. I feel like that's like a normal like thing to offer your friend. And the fact that from the way the story is written, it's implied that he'd never offered until like the moment he does in the story, but they've been roommates for some time at least. It never makes that explicit. There's another and moment. She never in asked. Story. And she's not mad story. at him for not offering. <laughs> and there's no like commentary on it. It's not like it's commentary on how like people often like under underestimate the pain that people who have chronic pain issues are in or don't think about that or are kind of careless about it. It doesn't feel like there's any commentary on that because she doesn't seem to be resentful. She's not even like a martyr about it. Like it just Mm. doesn't cross her mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so there's another thing like like that, that bothered me, Maddie, which is um, her, her boss shows up at her house when she misses work and is like demanding, like, where are you? And I was like, fuck you. Fuck you, boss. That's a major, like, you're way the fuck out of line. Like, back the fuck off. And it was weird that the character, that that the story doesn't seem to It was very weird that the character did not think that that was weird. Or even, like, put a lampshade on it where it's like, I'm working for my friend or something. Exactly. And and she had to, like, beg for, like, to get back to the job, too. Like, it wasn't like, you know what I mean? Like, it. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I I hate this fucking character now. Yeah, Yeah, to Maddie's point, yeah, it's like. It's very unlikable. <laughs> so, so I mean, there there is um, to 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 your point, Maddie. I feel like there is an a gesture towards work, but there's no real like character moments that feel like they are uh, they they worry about their work or anything. Like like to your point, like like if I had heard like if in the story. Tariq, who is the roommate, had said, like, you know, I don't know when I'm going to be, you know, like, I'm not sure when my next shift is. You can't use the bed because I'll be back and, you know, it's another 12-hour shift and I'll be exhausted. You know, that'll be weird if you're in the bed and I, I just collapse or whatever. You know, that would be something. But there's no real acknowledgement of work happening and there's no acknowledgement of, like you said, like the fact that, well, okay, my roommate sucks. <laughs> you know? Right. And that's just, it's very bizarre to me. And there's like a lot of ways that you could fix that with like just a line or two. Maybe they haven't been roommates that long and she's not comfortable sharing the extent of her chronic pain with mm-hmm. him. Or mm-hmm. maybe, you know, he works weird hours and really needs the sleep. Um, and I, you know, she has less of a job or like, there are so many ways you could paper that over with like a line or two. And the fact that it just doesn't even think to do that, to head off the like, why hasn't he offered this before? Like, and I don't get the impression that you're supposed to think this character is an asshole. 
But mm. I'm I, sitting I, here reading this thinking this character's a fucking dick. I, I felt like like the story didn't need any of the characters but the main character. Like mm-hmm. I felt like it yeah. should actually one of the biggest things that bothered me is instead of the instead of the main character figuring out like this this couch is doing something to me due to what's happening to her. It, literally, her boss shows up and is and li- literally just says that that couch is a damn succubus. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, and like, it's, it's one that, of those things where I'm like, you could have gone the feather pillow route and have her like start to like have some kind of deterioration. Exactly. Than, exactly. Even though she's sleeping well, like. It, even if even if it is orig- eventually the boss that reveals what's up, like all that we know before the boss is like, "Hey, that thing's stealing your life force." Is she's sleeping better? Yeah. So one of the one of also, the oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go go ahead, Kurt. Oh, I, I was going to say on on the prose level, this felt under edited too. Um, there's a lot of stuff. This, okay, this is a, this is a minor. Can we thing, talk but- about Ms. Wiswell's metaphors and similes? Because I have never seen anything that is both <laughs> so overworked, like so overworked, but also has like not an ounce of freshness in it. Yeah, it's yeah. They're 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 very clunky. They feel like like uh, he wanted there to be a metaphor there, and and felt that that there should be, but then. It's one that's both awkward and and feels overly familiar. Um, yeah, it's I, amazing that he managed both of those at once. Like that actually, that actually almost impresses me in a sick way that he manages to have something that's both <laughs> like really tortured, but also like extremely familiar. I I was going to complain about there's a lot of spots in 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 the in the the text where it, it could have just been uh, where, where dialogue could have just been an untagged quote and it would be very obvious who was speaking but instead it said uh, you know name said and then the quote and i was like well, it it could have just been the quote there's only two people in this conversation the the previous line says who spoke the next line could just be somebody responding to them you don't need to like dialogue tag it again um it just it just felt un- under edited in, in in like a weird way which which some of his other fiction has felt and and uh, honestly I I I to, to to Chris's original point, there is something to this story, right? Like like there is something yeah. to the concept and something to the experience and and like the specificity so, well, that that could really work. Go ahead. Well, I I was yes, I, I no. Well, finish your point, and then I I have something to tag you on to. Oh, that. I, I was going to say yeah. There there there's something there that could work, and it just feels very it feels ill served by the execution. And it it feels like it needs a round of revisions and some and some editing. It, it it feels like like it's rework away from being something that that could work. And it, and w- it, where there's moments where it takes some deftness to navigate, it feels like it just takes the easy way out. Yeah, I I, I mean I agree with that, but I I, I do so. Uh, and I, I'm not sure if this is something that Wiswell was intending, but I kind of took this as a, uh a metaphor for like something like Oxycontin because. Oh, it would have been interesting if it was, but I yeah. don't think it is. Okay. Well, but cause like Oxycontin, like you take it, it relieves your pain, but you also are fucked up. Uh, you lose time, like absolutely lose time because you just like, you just want to sleep all the time. Uh, and like, ultimately like it can kill you. 
so I I, I could kind of see like that. And if he would have leaned more into that, if that's what he was actually going for, it would have been uh, much, much better. Like, you know, like, you know, find the sofa dealer or something like that. Uh, so, Chris, you mentioned that. But but so. To your uh, like, like, that's an interesting interpretation, because the 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 alternate interpretation that I found mm-hmm. um but but you know much to what Maddie was saying is never really even gestured towards is I, I was thinking that the succubus couch is sort of like this other tier of people who are disabled but who have like they're 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 not oh um so they're, like they're not even like verbal or anything like that like people who are like just completely um nonverbal but disabled you know like uh i i don't even know what the the correct phrasing would be but but somehow they then become like the 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 assuaging factor for someone who has chronic pain or something to that effect because uh, the 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 succubus is essentially nonverbal not even really considered a sentient being anymore but then the main character keeps the cushion for sleep relief and pain relief and that seems like weird and off-putting and this story should have been way more fucked up than it was. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And all That's of these the threads are like super fucked up, but then the story presents it like there's nothing weird or fucked up or gross or Yeah, like it's like it's presented as a as a happy, cheery ending. And you're like, wait, what? They yeah, burn the implications they burn of it are a person. not happy and cheery. They yeah. set a yes. person on fire. <laughs> the, the the couch is described as having leather and like Afterwards, freckles. A, a, afterwards, fi- a, afterwards, finding out that it. Oh my god, freckles! Oh, geez, I just made. Yeah, that. Oh, a, a, so like, yeah, like so. It's just like literally like skin. Like it's like. Yeah, that, like that like, should like be some I, I feel Barker shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure exactly. Clive Barker shit. Like, like honestly, the couch that fucks you would be interesting. Um, but but like, I brother, they don't even let me. I fuck really. The couch. Sh- <laughs> exactly right yeah like n- not even the creases of the couch god damn it um but but yeah like like well, thanks honestly for making it weird like, carlo <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> i'm always here to make it weird but but like like it's so i i feel like it pulls away at at the last moment before really sort of drive like there's so many vague things in this, I feel, that uh, could have been at least hinted at that by the end, if he, if Wiswell had given me a little bit more about like, you know, like, well, you know, it sort of sucks, but I'm getting good sleep that would at least put a bow on the fact that the main character is also an asshole. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah. it shies away from that. So I, I so know here's my thing. Here's my thing. Go for it. John Wiswell doesn't understand metaphors and doesn't understand subtext. <laughs> 
Um, the, the chamomile has faded. I'm all whiskey now. He doesn't understand metaphors and he doesn't understand subtext. Because if he understood subtext, this story would not be so fucking cutesy. He would not yeah, write yeah. it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there's so much in here that's just so fucked up and not treated like it's fucked up. And I felt like I was like, is this, this story is gaslighting me. All of these things are really fucked up, but it's presenting them like it's totally fine and like cute and nice. M- and move yeah, over, like, sleepy time is- bear. It's angry time bear. <laughs> <laughs> it's rage bear. Uh, um, yeah, I, I feel like this is like a, a, a weird poptimist uh, a version of a horror story. Where you're supposed it's, to like it's a horror oh, story that doesn't smile. know it's a horror story. Well, yes. and that's it, and it's the exact same thing with the haunted house story too. Where like you know, like the idea of like a living, breathing house, like luring people to it, is fucked up and weird. And but like <laughs> that made it into like oh, the hug is or the house is just giving these people a hug. Like like this is like <laughs> uh, you know, this is kind of like like that. Um, he it's he takes these like troubling ideas and sends the hard edges off yeah and, and you yeah. know the other the other thing I that s- the, the other thing that, that that really bothered me in this was um i so so chris to your to your point about about the world it's in i didn't care for that very much if only because it felt it felt kind of like tossed off like mm. oh there's hippogriff cubs and there's you know basilisks like 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 a basilisk pet shop it felt a little bit too easy like yeah. it, it, it was cute it was too cute yeah. and it yeah, didn't exactly. mean anything oh like it, the references to mogwais and stuff it, yeah exactly yeah it's, it's, it's sort it's, of like it's, it's sort of like urban fantasy by way of xanth yes yeah 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 yeah, just, you, yeah. You, you, you grasp it immediately and you're like oh okay it's 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 that but at it least to Wiswell's credit, at least he's not as much of a he's not a weird sex pervert like Pierce Anthony. So I'll give him credit I for wish, that. But, I wish there were weird sex. But actually, you know what? I kind of wish he was. Yes, <laughs> I wish Agreed. there were weird sex stuff in this. In this, in I this mean, story. there's a, a whole setup. You have succubi. You could easily have weird sex stuff, and I'm I'm, I'm frankly offended a little bit that you have a story with succubi in it and there's no weird sex stuff. I mean, it, it's it's a story with succubi in it without. And it just removes the ubai from it, so it just sucks. <laughs> so, oh, oh, can we say can can we say real quick that um uh that's something big in favor of laughter among the trees is that it's it's a it's a little bit horny. There's fucking yes, not not mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah. fucking, but there's fucking people fucking the story, you know, and that was refreshing yeah. to me. Yeah, so you know. Well, I mean, one of, one of the plot one of the plot beats in laughter among the trees is the confrontation that you think is going to go one way um, and it goes another, mm-hmm. which is like really uh, sort of chilling, really the way it works out, you know, like the, the, the girl that she invites over and, and her mom finds kissing on the bed. Um, turns out that she, her mom's not really uh, upset too, about her kissing a girl. It. Yeah. Yeah. It, she's fussed about something else altogether, <laughs> which yeah. I won't spoil because that's actually part of the story yeah uh so oh go ahead sorry more to the point with the like the world the urban fantasy world i don't understand why anything outside of the couch succubus was there exactly yeah exactly it could have (laughs) just been the couch and the person it should have been the couch and the person 
maybe one person, maybe the boss calls on the phone or something. It's like, where are you or something? But not like the main denouement of the the plot resolution. It should have been. It should have but been. Like, a, it should have been a battle of wills between a person and a cat and, 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 right? and, and a, a sex couch. couch. Yeah. Like the, the 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 cute little like my littlest fantasy creature pet shop like that added nothing the the boss being a succubus the only thing that added was that she could call that the couch yeah, was a succubus. Yeah, yeah. um the fact that there's like selkies mentioned is like and if you know the sel- and you know you're you're in bad shape if the selkies feel sorry for you i'm just like Okay, cool. Let's just like lean on a cliche to lean on a cliche. And that one really bugged me because I'm actually writing a Selkie story right now and I have strong feelings about them. But as as someone who's written a story about a guy who can't get off the couch, (laughs) 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 I I just found like, like to Kurt's point, I think that the like, uh, even in in the story that I wrote, it, it like the the boss calling you is not the is not like a plot point. <laughs> it, it's really just sort of like not really part of it. Anyway, uh, you're going to say. So I, 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 I do. There is something I do want to praise about this story. I, although I do, I, it does appear that I like this a little bit more than everybody else here. Um, I mean, a little more is understating it yes, in my case, uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I feel like such an ass. I I like the, the, um, the like kind of like trick he did a couple times where, uh, they would like, they're talking or like, there's like some sort of description and then like, boom, the next thing you know, like they're on the couch, and I thought that worked. Every I did time like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did like that. That so, that that, like, that could it, have it, been done better or or more. I yeah, could have been done more. More. I liked. I thought that worked well every time except the time that they explicitly called it out. If he would have cut the explicit call out, that would have been a lot better. You mean the the Scooby Doo like yikes? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If he yeah. cut that part, the the whole like keep coming coming back to the couch and like actually like not remarked upon it and just let it be a subtle thing that mm-hmm. if you, I, I think that would have actually been pretty strong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, li- I don't know. I like- this is another story where, like, go ahead. Like, I can see a lot of ways that you could make it a really good story, but like every choice that is made almost in this story is like antithetical to how I think it would be made a good have story. Her- okay, okay. Have her find the face on the couch. Imagine oh. if you turn the cushion rip. over and the face was that there. Would That'd be, be great. so good. Uh, that would be really good. God, could you imagine if the face is on the pillow that she keeps? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally, yeah. all you and have to do to make this a good story up. is just yeah. make it like an actual horror story. Yeah, exactly. not, no yeah. dancing around the fucked up stuff. Yeah. Just like yeah. embrace that it's fucked up and go yeah. for it. And I, yeah, I wasn't, Chris, yours with a kind of connection where like, well, it could be like painkillers where like they do help, but they have bad side effects too. Like, I feel that's an interesting route that could have been gone down, but really isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it just There's so many things with this one where I'm like, I can think of all the ways that you could fix this. And there are a lot of, like, almost every problem that I think this story has, there are multiple ways you could fix it. And it bothers me that, like, everything is fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the end of the story feels... um. Not incomplete. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure because it's like, well, I better tell my roommate that I kept part of the 
part of the fuck couch. Um, part of the devil couch. And that's like, that's like, seems to just be the ending is, I don't know. wasn't super satisfying to me. Like it felt like there should have been it, more. It, yeah. It, it doesn't, impl- it doesn't imply enough or it doesn't end on, it, I, it either ends on it, it's, it's a question that's bigger than it should be, but smaller than it could be. Like it, it could be a specific ending or it could be like a big open question ending of like, I don't care if my roommate is going like what he's going to think about this. I'm keeping this. That would be one way to end it. Or, or like a more specific answer of like, you know, she resolves to do something as a result of that could also be a way to end it. It it feels like it ends somewhere between them where it's like, okay, I guess the story has reached its natural conclusion. But, but to to, to your point, can I say, Oh, Oh, go ahead. I I, I was going to say real, real, real quick, Chris, uh, again, what you said at the beginning about like tapping into that personal experience and the experience of like chronic pain, like, like I, I, I did, like, I did get that, you know? And like, that's I think why that I that wanted the, it to be better. Exactly. Exactly. Like that leaning more. <laughs> I think that's that, a I valuable viewpoint yeah. and I wanted it to be good for that reason, but everything about it just was like so off putting to me and not in the way like, and, and like an enjoyable off putting, like I would expect in a horror story, just in like a, it didn't fit like it didn't seem to say as much as it could have it should have leaned into things that it didn't and leaned out of things that it did uh the author's note where he's talking about it's like oh you know we could do a deal with the devil but like more interesting i'm like no motherfucker you can't do more interesting than a deal with the devil i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) especially when your devil figure is a fucking couch that can't like do anything well, I mean, I think that to your point, Maddie, it's weird to me that this, even in the author's notes, it feels like he's pulling back from saying what he really wants to say. Yeah, I, I almost f- wonder if there's uh, a a more raw and visceral version of this story in Wiswell's head, and he dialed it back. For it to be a little more palatable to the average right. reader, that's right. It very much feels like that. Yes, like like if if the story had been a little angrier or more fucked up, or or perhaps a combination of the two, I think that it would have been at least a, a much more interesting read, um, and and possibly like who knows maybe even something that i would say yes this deserves on the this deserves to be on the nebula ballot or or whatever right um not 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 that i'm a gatekeeper of you know what deserves to be on the nebula ballot but honestly like i i just want to see like like okay so you have some fucked up shit put it on the fucking page man do it let's do yeah, it yeah that's the that's the thing that i find is most frustrating to me about Wiswell's work. Other than that, I just, to be perfectly honest, don't really care for his writing style. But like plot wise and story wise, he pulls way too many punches. There's always so many things in his story that have like this whiff of like it's kind of fucked up to it, but he never goes there with it. And I don't know how much of that is he feels he can't if he wants to get published, how much of it is that he's just unaware that it's fucked up, like it doesn't register to him. How much of it is self-censoring? I don't know. I don't know the man. I can't claim to have any glimpse into his psyche. But 
I would like to actually see Wiswell just like if, if it is, yeah, if, if it is indeed a case where he's aware that there's something kind of under there that's a little uglier and more raw, but he dials it back, self-censored, I would like to see him not self-censor. Yeah. If I that's agree. what he's doing. Yeah. I because agree. I think like he's like writing about your experiences with something that's hard, like that's a really valuable thing to do. Uh, people might see themselves in it. it. It can actually give other people comfort. Like, I think that's a really valuable thing to do. But if you just sugarcoat and sugarcoat and sugarcoat, it doesn't actually give as much comfort, I don't feel like. Like, I, 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 I really would like to actually, like, pick his brain a little bit and see why his stories are like they are. Because I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I want to say, I think that he's self-censoring. I think there's something more raw and more truthful that he isn't writing for some reason, but maybe wants to. Hmm. I, I could be totally off the mark. He could be completely unaware, but I'm going to give him some credit. I think that there's probably something more deep down that for whatever reason, he's not writing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I agree with you on all points in the sense that, uh, yeah, I, I, I would like to see that. Um, honestly, uh, but, but I, I, I don't know whether it is like simply a blind spot of his or a, a self-censorship. Sicko mode. Thing. We want sicko mode. Sicko mode. Yeah. Yes. That's what we want. Absolutely. We love sicko mode here at Podside. <laughs> so anyway, um, so l- let's, uh, Oh, Sh- should we prediction do predictions? Part. Yeah, I don't yes. like this yeah. I don't like this part at all. So, so like, uh, I'll I'll be upfront. I want laughter among the trees to win. I am almost positive. Actually, not not almost positive. I I have a split. I feel like um, either uh, where oaken hearts do gather or proof by induction might win. Oh Lord! Okay, uh, if 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 where Oaken Hearts do gather wins, I'll understand at least. I I'll I'll not agree, but I I'll understand. If proof by induction wins, I I I want to find somebody and have a long conversation with them about what's going on. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm I, I'm in agreement with that. If uh if Oaken Hearts does win, it's an ambitious story. I understand, like it's it's ambitious for it's well written. I just didn't like the format. Um, so I would understand that one uh, as much as I wouldn't necessarily love it. Yeah, proof of induction. I'm sorry. Like that was the most, it wasn't bad, but it was the most nothing of these stories. Chris, what do you um, say? Well, like like everyone else, I think I want uh, laughter uh, in the trees to win. Um, I'm, my vote is going for I, my guess is Mr. Deathwind. Yeah, I that's actually my vote, and then this is an aspirational vote, Chris. Which I don't know if yours is, but but I'm trying to will this into being. I think that Mr. Death will will win. Fingers crossed, because I yeah. think it's acceptable right. to the voting audience, and it is it it is also like a good story. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one one hopes one hopes. Yeah, I'm gonna co-sign that. I. I think Laughter in the Trees should win, and in a, a just world it would, because I do think it is legitimately the best story. I think Mr. Death will win, 
And I wouldn't be too pressed about that because it is a legitimately good story, but I think it's probably a little bit more palatable to the average sci-fi fantasy reader than Laughter Among the Trees is because that's a that's a fucking dark story. There is mm-hmm. not a whole lot of hope in that. Mm-hmm. It's it is solidly horror. Yep. Um, yep. Which uh, SFF does not seem to be super keen on. Yep. At least the type who votes for Hugo's and Nebulas. It actually reminds me a bit of um, some of uh, Laird Barron's um, earlier writing, um, especially some of his short fiction in like uh, Occultation um, has mm. kind of like a similar feel to it. I, I, I think, yeah, it's it's definitely straight up horror, and and for that reason, I'm skeptical that it will win. I'm I'm mm. curious if there will be like discourse about about that because I I. I'm surprised actually that it made it on the ballot. And I, I guess the fact I that it did too. makes I think me it, feel good. Yeah. I, honestly, I think that one, if anything, probably made it on the ballot just from the strength of the writing alone. It is it's great. really it's fucking really well good. written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want to look up uh, Susan Palumbo's other work because she's, she's great. Me too. Because that was a, a, a wonderful first impression. That mm-hmm. I, I would be I very curious to read some of her other work. She, she had she had one and uh, uh, the the title escapes me, but she had one in Fireside, which is really good too. Um, and I believe in one of the issues of Weird Horror magazine. Mm. I think is the title of the magazine. I could be wrong, but but yeah, like honestly, this one really uh, like like kudos to Susan. For for really getting uh, a a nebula nomination at at the very least, because this story honestly like no 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 real surprise here. I I think it should win, but I I doubt that it will. Um, mm. simply because of yeah, like the horror element as well as the uh the the idea that twenty twenty two as we've <laughs> We've seen the articles already. Should be the year of joy. And fuck that. We want no. suffering and pain. <laughs> no, fuck that. Uh, the the sicko mode people uh, like ourselves say no, no. We want like fucked up stories. Thank you. Because life is tough, and we should probably <laughs> get stories that let us know that yeah, it's gonna be rough for you, buddy. Kim, I just it- like to be to read a story where it's really, really fucked up. So to the extent that whatever fucked up thing is in my life going on or whatever I'm stressed about or worried about, it doesn't seem quite so bad by comparison. Mm. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Can we like, Oh, Oh, you didn't, you didn't get, you didn't get, what was that? (laughs) Oh no. I I was going to say, can can we hope that like the, the nebulas aren't sponsored by like, Lockheed Barton or BAE Systems. <laughs> uh, Kurt, they're going to be sponsored by General Dynamics. It's a very bland <laughs> corporation name. That it just really they, they don't do anything. Yeah, they they don't do anything wrong, right? Uh, <laughs> Jesus <Fuck>. Christ! <laughs> All right. So, uh, any last thoughts? Any uh, uh, I don't know, dirty limericks, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> we should we should consider doing a follow up after the fact episode, uh, whether or whether or not some arms manufacturer sponsors the nebulas. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, right, yes. I I did enjoy talking about um, 
the winning uh novelette um last time and and i think if we plan for it i think i think i could read whatever novelette and whatever novella um one and and maybe talk about that i'd be down for that all right i I would be down for that as well and you know i'm just crossing my fingers and hope that the nebulas learn from the failings of the hugos last year and do not take money from literal death merchants (laughs) (laughs) yes absolutely hopefully that will actually happen um, so yeah, let, let's, let's put it on the, on, on the docket as they say. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll certainly be back after, uh, the nebula voting has concluded, uh, with our post mortem, if you will. Um, so yeah, uh, Chris, Maddie, Kurt, always a blast to talk short fiction with y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, any last thoughts? More fucked up stories, please. Yeah. 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 Please go sicko mode. Yes. Oh, uh, Chris, Kurt, uh, uh, you have a a couple of projects that are in (laughs) in happening. Yes. We have some stuff. Uh, We we just started releasing new episodes finally at long last. Uh, Parents just just don't understand. We just had a a great episode with uh, our 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 dear friend Raquel S. Benedict, the most dangerous woman in speculative fiction, uh, about the Studio Ghibli film Whisper of the Heart, uh, which is about uh, a a young author and why you need to be mean to kids to make them better writers. Um, and we have some more <laughs> stuff coming out in the near future. We also did kind of like a like like a catching up episode since we we've been away for a bit. Um, and then uh, on the publishing blood knife front, the the Satan, the long delayed Satan uh, issue. I actually, I, I, it's, it's all, it's, it's all in the can, and I am uploading it, uh, not as we speak since I'm podcasting right now, but, but <laughs> probably while you listen to this, it'll either already be out or it'll be being, uh, oh, being, being uploaded. So blood knife, who could it be? I, uh, yeah, Satan. It could, it could be Satan. Uh, or Lucifer, or uh, any number of his other uh, various names. He's a great Morning guy. Star. Big fan. Big fan of his work. Um, Big fan. <laughs> that's, of course, at bloodknife.com.net and .org. <laughs> All right. Uh, Maddie, you also have uh, a couple of irons in the fire as well, right? Uh, mostly the one with the pod hand, which is the uh, Berserk podcast that I do with my friends Kay and JR. Uh, we should be hopefully returning to that shortly. It's been kind of a hectic few months. We haven't been able to get anything out, but uh, we've got that. Um, other than that, I've got some things maybe, hopefully, eventually coming out. I don't know. I don't know. I write slow <laughs> as hell. We'll see what happens. <laughs> you and me both, Maddie. Don't don't feel bad. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I do want to thank you all for 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 joining me for reading these stories and for coming on to Podside to discuss them. And of course, I do want to thank everyone who has uh, listened in to this Nebula's Predictions episode. And thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next time here at Podside. <laughs> <laughs>